Do you think it's possible to have too much compassion or too much self-compassion? If you answered yes, I really want you to reconsider. And in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you an operational definition of what self-compassion is, what it is not, and why it works, especially when it comes to achieving lasting weight loss. So if you've been on the weight loss struggle bus, if you've been riding that thing and you have been desperately trying to find a way to get off of it, this is an episode that you do not want to miss. So let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number 129. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for making the decision to listen to this podcast because I know there are so many out there and that you're choosing to spend your valuable time to listen to me today. Talk about self-compassion means a lot. I just, I want you to know that. So today we're going to talk about self-compassion. I want to talk about what it is, what it isn't, and why it works. And especially, I want to focus in on why it works when it comes to weight loss, to achieving lasting weight loss. Because I think it's, at some level, the lack of self-compassion that actually can feed that roller coaster ride or the struggle bus that so many people feel like they're stuck on. So any conversation these days about self-compassion without mentioning Dr. Kristen Neff, well, I would be remiss if I didn't mention her. So if you want to learn more about self-compassion, I highly, highly recommend going to her website, selfcompassion.org. Now, when I think about this topic, self-compassion, I can't help but think of the advice that I got back when I was in my early 20s. I was working at Arthur Anderson, and I remember a couple of my coworkers, was, they were watching me struggle. I think I had gone through a breakup of some kind, and they told me, how important it was that I learned how to be my own best friend. And I think that idea, 
that concept really summarizes what self-compassion is all about. So let's start with talking about what compassion is first and then how that translates into self-compassion. So when we talk about compassion, Kristen Neff talks about compassion really being comprised of three things. You have to have these three things. One, notice suffering. Notice that someone is suffering. Second thing is the desire to alleviate their suffering. And here's something that I think is really an important distinction that often gets overlooked. We're talking about alleviating their suffering, not our own discomfort. That's more about guilt than compassion. And then number three is that what they're experiencing, what they're going through, is truly a shared part of human experience. Or put another way, common humanity. And so as a result, it means that we're not coming from a place of judgment. So when people ask questions like, is there such a thing as too much compassion? I would say no. I would say when you look at those three things, what compassion is, and you're clear on what compassion is, and you're not conflating with with something else, like guilt or pity or indulgence. We want to cultivate more compassion. So when you talk about self-compassion, being your own best friend, what does that actually mean? Well, Dr. Neff would say, with self-compassion, we give ourselves the same kindness and care we'd give to a good friend. So what compassion is not, is not pity. Or if you turn it on yourself, it's not self-pity. So if we talk about shared experience, that means we're not putting the folks that are suffering in the other camp. When you think about sympathy versus empathy, there's this feeling of, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Maybe I'm even grateful that I'm not in your shoes. So when we talk about pity, there is this tendency to isolate. And when I think about self-pity, how many times do you hear things like, I'm just going to wallow in this for a while? And I remember being told many years ago that the number ro- number one rule of holes is when you're in one to stop digging. So again, self-compassion is about kindness. Pity is kind of like being in a hole and getting sucked deeper and deeper into it. And that the goal in alleviating would be to get out of that hole. So... Compassion is also not about indulgence. So when I say indulgence, 
I often think about being able to get away with anything. If you see a parent indulging their child, it looks like that parent is always giving the child what they want. But if you're coming from this place of self-compassion and self-love, or love in general, right? If a parent is actually giving them what they need, then saying no and actually being firm on boundaries, teaching the child about boundaries, ultimately will be better for them. So when you think about self-indulgence now, let's say you had a really stressful day, a long day, and all you want to do is sit down on the couch and indulge. Binge watch Netflix, maybe eat a big bowl of ice cream. If you were going to be a loving parent to yourself, what would you do? So are, is what you're doing about truly taking care of yourself are, or are you trying to avoid some kind of discomfort? And oftentimes when it comes to weight loss, I think that once you start down that path of self-indulgence, Guilt can oftentimes set in. That feeling of, I did something wrong. And then from that, the inner critic that berates us and tells us, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I figure this out? When that kicks in, now we're in this place of hating ourselves as opposed to loving ourselves. So indulgence is from that place of escape, of not wanting to feel. And again, that's not compassion. That's my point. So for parents, when I talk about giving into what a child wants, or, or really, I, I think even when you see them making mistakes and you step in to try to correct it's very important to ask yourself, am I doing this? Is this truly going to help them learn? Or am I actually trying to avoid my own discomfort? And as I say this, I want to be very clear. It's always so easy to see in other people. It's very hard to see in yourself. So this is by no means me being judgmental, okay? As a matter of fact, I would say if you think about something and you're like, oh, shoot, I was indulging them because I was feeling guilty or I was indulging them or I was doing something because it was about my own discomfort, this is an opportunity for you to practice self-compassion, <laughs> okay? Parenting is not easy. I know it's not easy. Even though I'm an auntie and not a parent, I see the struggle. It takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of creativity too. So the last thing on compassion that I want to talk about, especially when we talk about self-compassion, 
it is not the same thing as self-esteem. So self-esteem is really about our sense of self-worth, how much we like ourselves. And unfortunately, self-esteem, the way we've been dealing with it here in the U.S., now seems to be about, well, in order to have high self-esteem, we have to believe that we're special and better than average, which means we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And you've heard me say it before, and I'm going to say it again, and I believe I'm quoting Teddy Roosevelt here. Comparison is the thief of joy. Where I believe true self-esteem comes from a place of self-love, where you're truly acceptable as is. And I think about the song by Billy Joel, I love you just the way you are. So if you are a parent and you think about your child, and let's say you don't have children, think of your best friend. Why do you love this person? And now can you take that same feeling of positive regard and reflect it back on yourself? So when I think about self-compassion and weight loss, if you have this thought or someone says to you, you need to lose weight, and let's say you agree with it because you've tied up your sense of worth and acceptance with the size and shape of your body. This is an opportunity to practice self-compassion, to accept yourself the way you are while still working on things to improve. That's a growth mindset. So if you're coming from this place of being hard on yourself, so you agree with the statement you need to lose weight, but instead of practicing self-compassion, the inner critic is saying, you have to do this in order to be acceptable. If you're chasing this outcome, let's say you actually lose the weight that you've set for yourself, that goal. Once you've lost the weight, what will you be thinking? And I cannot tell you the number of clients when I've posed that question to them. When I say, what will you be thinking then? The first thought that pops into their head is, what if I gain it back? So when you're coming from this place of I'm only acceptable if I am this certain size and shape, there's no peace. You can't enjoy the life that you've created. So on the flip side of that, if someone says you need to lose weight and your worth and acceptance 
are based on the size and shape of your body and you disagree, you want to prove them wrong. In other words, you shouldn't have to lose weight to be worthy or accepted. What happens? What happens when we're rebelling? I don't disagree with the idea, but what I want to challenge you with here is to be really mindful of the goals and making sure that the goal is actually serving you. How your, how your, um, what's the best way to put this? So when you think about your goals, I really want you to think about what your motivation is. So if it's coming from this place of self-love, then we're talking about taking care of our body. It's about being able to feel good in the only body that we have, at least while we're on this earth, and that we truly deserve to feel better, to feel good. So having what I, you know, and here, I tend not to say right and wrong, but here it would be like being mindful of the goal that you're setting for yourself and how you're defining it. Maybe that's the best way to put it. How you define that goal, what your true motivation is for setting that goal to begin with. And then Finally, the reason why self-compassion works is because we are coming from a place of I'm good enough already while wanting to improve. So if you think about an infant or learning how to walk, a baby learning how to walk, so somewhere between 9 or 10 months and 14, 15 months, are you being critical when that child falls down? Or are you being encouraging? So the beginner's mindset says it's okay to fall down. It's okay to fail. Persistence is a good thing. I want you to keep trying in order to get better. So it's all about being comfortable, being uncomfortable. That's how we learn. And with this kind of mindset, that persistence, that ability to be able to, quote, fail over and over again, is then what leads to figuring it out, experimenting, figuring out what works best for you to be able to achieve your goals. And we all know when we achieve our goals, that sense of autonomy, autonomy and self-efficacy that we can do something, that we can do hard things, creates that confidence that we can handle whatever comes our way. So if you're curious about how much self-compassion you actually have for yourself, I want you to go to the show notes where I've provided a link to a self-compassion quiz. All right. And to wrap it up, wrap things up today, I want to leave you with actually two 
quotes. One is by Michael Jordan, and the other is by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. So Michael Jordan said, "I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that that is why I succeed." Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. <laughs> I don't speak German, so hopefully I haven't mangled that too badly. He said, "Correction does much, but encouragement does more." You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode. By all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E-C-L-U-B.com, and sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.